So I just got back from the salad bar slash dessert area. Salad bar slash dessert, I think, yeah. is key there. Yes, yeah, so, you know, but there's, there's dessert and there's salad and there's more dessert. The obvious combination. Well, yes. I mean, it's quite clear. I mean, the dessert is profiteroles with drenched in chocolate with strawberries and cream all over them. Um, anyway, so I just saw this guy. I mean, I don't know him. I don't know lots of people. I don't know anyone in here, to be honest. But he was just, he took a good four or five profiteroles drenched in chocolate, lovely, in a very small bowl. And then on top of the bowl, or not on top of the bowl, on top of the profiteroles, he then just kind of moved slightly to the left, went into the salad bar piled up with some sweet corn <laughs> some <laughs> shredded carrots beans beans, beans. as in baked well no not beans like you know tinned beans french potentially was kidney, there a look kidney of beans. confusion on his face or did it seem normal what he was doing um he did not register in any way and i think he just happily went and ate it i'm not sure he definitely wasn't was British. it Hessen blumenthal Oh, maybe. Maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe I should try it. But, um, yeah, I'm just quite concerned. I'm just... I can't find him now. I, I'm well, assuming what would you say ate, to him? Well, I just want to make sure he's all right. <laughs> because maybe maybe he didn't know that profiteroles are dessert. Maybe he likes a surprise. And once he got through the salad, surprise, profiteroles. Fusion maybe. is a thing. Maybe, yes. And the voice that people might be thinking, who's that voice? Shall I introduce our producer? Yes, please do. Hello, Abby. Hello. Hello, Abby. Hello, you know me. <laughs> 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 do you know what? It's fine. We're interchangeable most yeah, of the time. None of our listeners understand the Hello, Abby bit because it's never on. Before we start recording, or as we start recording for each podcast, Abby is not normally with us. We're let loose with her equipment and we just, we have a little... Do you enjoy the chats we do for you? I do enjoy them. I don't save them. Then, you know, I don't have a special... Gigi and Naomi intro chat just for me that I listen to later. Because they're sometimes be a bit random and they're quite lengthy. They can be, but they, they often can be multiple takes and you only get the, the final one. When the I realise that times, I haven't pressed record. I mean, the or, amount of times we've done an entire thing and, and got to the point where, we, where I've said my apologies for forgetting the kit or whatever I've done. There's normally a Naomi apology before we start making recording. Making you edit out a lot of awful stuff the week before. I often apologise for that. And then we say, right, OK, we're ready. And then, uh, and then Gigi says, oh, hang on, <laughs> my microphone's not on. What do you want to apologise for this week? As we have Maybe Abby nothing. here, you can do it actually in, in the middle I of the I don't know if we have time for that. I have nothing to apologise for <laughs> this week. And sure? I don't care what you say. And I know what you're going to say, but I don't have anything to apologise for. What was I going to say? Oh, oh, OK, fine. And then, then nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> I don't know what this is either. This is... No, it's fine. Well, we'll see if it comes out in the wash as we chat away. Is it something to do with cheese? <laughs> no, we were just having a very lengthy conversation about cheese, weren't we? We were, off air. Um, yeah, I, we were talking about cheddar and the cheddar the place, not the cheese. Or and the gorge. cheese the restaurant, not the food item. Although it did turn out that cheese was not the name of the restaurant. Gigi translated it into English for us because she didn't think that we would be able to understand the phrase la fromagerie. <laughs> Ah, it was my French is not great to be fair, but even I know that's cheese. It was just during our cheese conversation when Naomi randomly yelled out cheddar, and and I should say, we, people can probably hear clinking of glasses, plates, cutlery. We are at the O2 Arena in London. It's the first day, Sunday, of the Nito ATP Finals. It's dinner time. So, which is why it's quite busy in here. And I don't even know why the conversation... I think I came back to the cheese conversation. I don't even think I was involved. 
at the start of this cheese cover. I think I just waded in. I can't remember how we got no. there, to be honest. But cheese is, cheese is an important part of life. Yeah. And apparently Daily. that man, on top of his profiteroles, <laughs> cheese was obviously... To be honest, I think the cheese would have helped. <laughs> Do you think more would have helped in that I just, situation? I just worry. I just hope he's okay. I mean, was he having a funny turn or did he just not understand what profiteroles were? Because to be fair, we have a lot of international people here that may not... This is obviously a huge event. So some of these people that are working behind the scenes may not have been... They may not have been to Europe at all. You never know. He was covered in chocolate. Yeah, that was a giveaway. The that's, strawberries as well was slightly... That's a universal... You know, chocolate is, is universally look, I'm available. I'm trying to help the guy out, right? Okay. And it, but, but to be fair, the setup is quite challenging because you had profiteroles and donuts mm. and then as you take a step to the left then you move on to your sweet corns your carrots your lettuces is it challenging it's very challenging Hang on. and then you take another step to your left we're following the way the queue moves and then you got to some lovely cinnamon rice pudding Ooh. did you find it challenging at any stage either of you i was confused <laughs> i was very confused i wanted what? over to the salad bar and i thought that's not salad <laughs> Also, by the the point I got there, there was no chocolate sauce left on the profiteroles. Well, I just felt that I wanted salad, so I went to the salad bar. I picked up a donut, but technically I ate salad. So, Abby is our long-suffering producer. Do you ever regret taking on the task? Don't ask her that. Why are you asking her that on on the podcast? Do you want the honest answer or the correct answer? We know she regrets it. (laughs) We've known this since week two. Abby? No, it's fun. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> 12 hours later, fun. there's a podcast. I'm no. not sure that was much of an endorsement, was fun. it? Fun, no. Are you, a serious question though, Abby. Okay. Were you, are you, no, were you a tennis fan before you started really doing tennis? Yeah, I've always been a big sport fan. Like my, as sort of teenage years, I decided radio was where I wanted to go. And, you know, it'd be nice to get into sport radio. But tennis... So listening to hours and hours of Naomi and Actually, I waffling. No. I think, okay, well, I, that, I didn't realise that's why I was signing up for. I think it's no. <laughs> Do no you hang think on, way back, way back. So when, when did you first start doing tennis? It was, it was part of a multi-sport so I t- thing, so I, right? I played tennis when I was little, not to a high standard at all. To what age? Seven? Oh, no, I played all throughout my school. But oh, only, nice. only, like... Twelve? Sixteen. <laughs> not well. I've, yeah, I loved, always loved watching Wimbledon. I, I have a very heartbreaking story. Uh, it's genuinely hard. Like, I was devastated for a while. Uh, you know, so with the BBC, you can do work experience before you get into the industry. And I had applied to do BBC Wimbledon work experience when I was in my second year of university. I then went to Cornwall for a few days. Not in, Cheddar? No, not, not Cheddar. Close. Close. Is it close? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I then was in the middle of nowhere. There was literally... No phone signal whatsoever. Came back to the land of signal to discover I had missed calls and my phone hadn't told me to tell me I'd got this Wimbledon work experience. But by the time I'd found out, they had to give it to somebody else because I hadn't replied. That is genuinely heartbreaking. It's the only time I've ever seen my mother cry. Oh, really? Seriously. Oh, wow. It was, I would say. This is like a family trauma. (laughs) It really was. So I've since obviously now got into here. I'm here now at the O2 and so I feel... I feel like it hasn't hindered me in any way. Yeah, their loss. Exactly. Their loss. Do you feel that working on tennis is encouraging your love of the sport or wishing you could have a little bit more of a break from it? (laughs) No, I think it's encouraging my my love for maybe more the the off the court. So what's been the most interesting thing that we've talked about 
in a podcast. <laughs> it's always short. Free snacks? No. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Free snacks. It will probably be nothing to do with tennis. <laughs> Christmas jumpers in July. I, I yeah. thought Abby said free sex. <laughs> oh my! God. And I thought I, I'm sure I've been a part of every podcast, and I don't remember that podcast. <laughs> Unless you're doing some strange <laughs> editing things behind the scenes that we don't know what's going on and being put oh, out. Well, I can't wait till we're commentating together later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Naomi and I are doing Roger Federer against Kane Shikuri a little bit later. And I just have a feeling this cheddar conversation is going to come up in commentary at some point and leave everyone confused. very confused. Yeah, we need so to try and keep track. <laughs> it seems to be that the feedback from people who have listened, it's, it's about the junior tennis and getting into it because it's a subject Naomi's very passionate about it's a subject we could do thousands it seems of podcasts on and a lot of people listening are involved at some level of the so, game so yeah I found that one very interesting because I don't know so much about that side about how you actually go from being a or how, how the whole junior tennis system works because I haven't worked in it and as I say when I played tennis little it was literally for the school and that was it uh, for me the most interesting one actually was the US Open following all the drama that happened there and it was really good to get both your takes on it uh, especially Naomi as a former female tennis player because we saw a former female yes. <laughs> <laughs> news here on tennis <laughs> I'm a former female tennis which is your Neville <laughs> Okay. Just to confirm to all the listeners, I am uh, a current female. <laughs> but thanks, Abby. It's hard to tell on radio, I know, I know. It's difficult with my voice. As a former tennis player. <laughs> it's the main feedback I get from all my producers. Could you sound more like a Does current it? female? Could you sound more like a current female and less like a former female? Does it worry you that our producer thought we did a podcast on free sex? (laughs) I never thought that. You thought that. And thinks you're a guy. I don't think she ever listens, to be honest. I'm starting to get that feeling too. I'm Naomi. Oh, That's why I called you Gigi Axton. Yeah, it's Uh, difficult. It's difficult. Uh, if, if I'm not sure we can be serious now, there's we're all people, crying. There's people looking at us in this media restaurant having very serious tennis conversations, saying we're, we're all laughing on these lovely well sofas that Naomi has been taking a picture of to send to a friend. Is that right? Yes, well, I, I want one. I might, uh, you know, how you might just take a little souvenir from a tournament. But you know, sometimes at the end of, event, end of events, people say, at the end of events, do you have a use for this? And people take life size cutouts of tennis players or t-shirts always or concerning you got you got to watch those ones taking the life-size cutouts that's uh i remember at university one of our housemates had a life-size cutout of one of the spice girls i can't remember which one um and scared the life out of people because they'd walk into his room and there'd be a life-size spice girl which he was very very proud of so it's something that people i don't think it was a drunken dare or something take i think he generally went in search of and claimed it i was nominated for another podcast I do I'm at uh, British Podcast Awards going to trump my own, uh, whatever the phrase awesome. is when was uh, that when was that that or not long ago a mm, couple of months ago something yeah, like that yeah not long ago July sure 
and it was for a rugby podcast to do with Brian Moore and I was quite this first nomination and they had pictures of all the podcasts around so I took this one it was cellophane so you could stick on the on glass so I've gone and put it above my door and because I have a window above my door which is the obvious place to have a window and it terrifies my flatmate every morning that Brian Moore former rugby player <laughs> stares down at her do you think there'll ever be a time when Abby's telling someone a story? I was at an award ceremony for this podcast called Tennis. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, She's your nice. level. <laughs> they, <laughs> they talk about all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly not. Hey, She's your the... Neville. Is a... <laughs> oh, I, I love the name Neville. Is, uh, in, I, ca- I think, feel like I'm going to say this a lot, but in all seriousness, is there, as someone who likes tennis but didn't know a lot about the off-court stuff, not the random stuff we talked about, the stuff away from the court, the players and spot. Like, I was fascinated when Naomi told me about the kit deal and, and getting to... Oh, that was fascinating, yeah. Let loose, was it in Nike and... Supermarket Sweep. And Supermarket Sweep and literally given massive suitcases to, to charge through bits and pieces and, and the junior tennis stuff. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to around Christmas time. I just want to talk about tennis players at, at Christmas because I was recently, again, back in football talking about speaking with the former players and they love it now because formerly they were having Christmas lunch at sort of 10 in the morning, training Christmas evening, going to a hotel and then playing the matches didn't have any yeah. kind of time. So is there, is there anything you'd like to talk about? Me? Tennis-wise? What, off-court stuff? That you can shed light on. Um, I think uh, what we were, what, well, at the O2, because the practice court is, well, we have a practice court, but uh, all the singles players will play on the main court in preparation. So we kind of watch a lot of practices. What I was actually fascinated by was Roger Federer in his practice session and how he didn't hit very much from the back. Everything he did was actually in proportion to what you do in a match. The amount of times you watch players warming up, particularly in the five minutes before they start a match, but also the half an hour they do, or 45 minutes they do earlier in the day. They spend ages smashing and... I mean, how many smashes do you hit in a match? Not a lot. They play loads of drop shots and stuff. And uh, Whereas actually Federer today was being really, um, really disciplined. He was just kind of hitting from the back of the court just for a little bit. He probably hit 20 or so shots, a few volleys, a couple of overheads, and then loads of serve and returns. Loads. Played most of his session on that, which I thought was quite interesting. And it's weird, though. When a player doesn't warm up, you wonder what's going on if they don't. But sometimes they go out and you wonder how much of it... When you went out to do these the warm-ups on the courts especially at this stage of the season what was the benefit to it was it literally to warm yourself up because you're not working on anything surely at that point in terms of your game plan your tactics are you just sort of going through a very similar pattern that we see players on the ATP and WTA tour do well you're getting physically warm before you go and hit out on the court but you're actually you're warming up your shots in terms of you're warming up uh, all of your basics making sure that everything's just flowing and in the zone and you just get a good rhythm out there and feel good and also uh, I was watching Kane Nishikori warm up with a guy that I don't know. He's just a hitter been brought in. I don't know if he's Nishikori's hitter or the tournament's hitter. Uh, but the, the hitter was not doing well. He really, he really was having an awful time. He was missing so it must be much. So nerve-wracking. And it, he was he was really nervous. He also had horrendous technique on his backhand, so I don't know how he ever made a shot anyway. But he missed so many shots. And when you're Nishikori and all you want is that rhythm, it's really frustrating because so many were long. So Nishikori's having to half volley, and then there's one in the net, and it, it was really chopping for a while he got there in the end but the were first you 20 minutes a hitting carnage. partner for anyone or, can, or who was do you well, this is my question is how do how does how do you get a practice partner so obviously we've spoken about coaches is that does do you do you i am roger federer take a practice partner who will travel the world with me like my coach will travel the world with me or does the practice partner 
change per tournament. Some people do. Some people will take people with them for maybe certain periods of time, but actually there's, there's quite good systems in place. So you can speak to the federations of certain nations and you can get practice partners for certain blocks of the year. So my brother was a practice partner through the grass. So uh, and he was uh, he was with uh, Justine Enan. So for, he's booked. So how do you? So, so he basically speaks to the federation and and um, so back then the first tournament really was Eastbourne for somebody like Henning. She didn't play Edge Baston and we owned, we didn't have the extra week. So he's he's signed up as a hitter at Edge Bast- at Eastbourne, uh, and then she basically says right can I have you Eastbourne and Wimbledon so is it sort of, it's almost like a sort of dating process does she look through all <laughs> but no does she look through all the profiles and say I need someone who's left handed or right handed I need someone who's tall because I need to or be or does the top seed get the first pick are there, are, there, are, there, are there specifics that they'll look, do you look through a whole list or does she ring Edgebaston and they say Nick Cavaday he's yours yeah no there's there's no sort of selecting your hitter uh, you just you just have trust in the tournament they will provide somebody better than the guy Nishikori had today yeah I noticed Federer got <laughs> harsh enough <laughs> apologies Federer if to the guy Nishikori had today somehow randomly is listening to this podcast I'm sure you're very good oh, do you know what he did really well in the end but he was clear very nervous at the beginning um, so a lot of the time a tournament like this will get um, some of the junior British players some of the top guys but how does it work play? in terms of so we saw Karen Hashinoff winner in Paris practicing with Federer Hashinoff as an alternate the other alternate here is Chorich but say Eastbourne yeah and they have I imagine they sign a few people up is it first come first serve so your brother got his name in early so he gets top pick or when say Justine Hanna comes to them do they look through the list or is it literally the first name they see uh, the tournament will look for hitters originally so he was approached he was asked if he would do it you know they there aren't masses of people who are good enough to play and do what is required of them there are plenty of people who can hit a ball up and down the middle of the court but I mean Justine Hanna was incredibly demanding she would say to Nick can you serve at 85%? It's quite specific. And then Nick hit a serve and she kind of caught it and said, I said 85%. Oh. <laughs> and Nick was like, okay, that must have been 83 or something. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, Nick was quite nervous and, uh, and he learnt loads. And for him, it was, it was so valuable because her coach, Carlos, was with her all the time and he was listening to all the conversations they were having and he was learning so much uh, from them and he, wanted to, he was a coach at the time. And so he did, uh, I think, three grass court seasons with her. So he was in her box through Eastbourne where she won a couple of times and then at Wimbledon as well. So then he, he hit with Maresmo. And if you start hitting with someone at the beginning of a particular season, and obviously if it works well, would that person then generally take that person through that particular swing? Yeah, yeah. You get. I'm sure the Australians do a similar sort of thing as well. Um, uh, it, it's just kind of, it, it's just convenience, really. All of the big tournaments will have a couple of hitters knocking around. That's for sure. Um, and you know, my brother was kind of out of college. He'd been out of college for a couple of years. He still played to a really high level. Um, and he was keen to do it and you get paid for it you, you get paid to do it and go down and just hang out at the tournament so the first year when he did Eastbourne he basically just hit with everybody so he had Maresmo and then Bartoli and then he had Henin and you just I mean you just do six hours of high quality hitting a day and you have to focus because you, you've got to give them what they want and and when you, as a player, if you know you've kind of got a good thing, so Nick obviously did a really good job, so then Henning's saying, hey, you know, I like this guy. And also they get really superstitious. So if you just happen to be their hitter ah, when they win the tournament in Eastbourne. tennis players. Yeah, and Nick just happened to be the hitter when she won in Eastbourne and she said, hey, how about rocking up to Wimbledon with me? So, so yeah. obviously if it were you you would have changed your hitter because you don't like to do superstition. Yeah, I don't think you've listened to an earlier podcast. Because Naomi should be running away, literally running away from hitting partners. <laughs> oh, I should say that I, I saw Naomi do her 
her running Did away you see from my run? someone today. Ooh, we were in the today? we were in the commentary box. Oh, and I ran I ran around the court. And yeah. Naomi was courtside and had to be back up in the commentary box. And just you just and it was quite a serious. We were actually commentating alongside Miles Plank. We were commentating on oh, you good. running out of court. <laughs> and it, but it's you're quite serious when you run, aren't you? There was no sort of smile and sort of plodding. You you were sort of head down and There's off you no went. Point in running if you're going to run at the same speed as you walk. We were having this, uh, Naomi was very kind uh, last week and gave me a lift home from where we were working because we live not too far away from each other. We were walking to her car and she said, so this is the point where I would normally run. Oh, she's, she's given me that line. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've had that cold. line from her before. <laughs> because it's cold and the car's over there and it's just a waste of time and I get frustrated with it. We're going to be there in 30 seconds, but we could be there in 10 seconds. Would Why you waste that 20 seconds of your life when you could be in bed at home? Would you recommend, sorry, going back to other conversation, would you recommend to young players coming out of college to be hitting partners? Absolutely. Is it... Is there a lot of people going to be hitting? But I know you said no. that it's only a certain standard of people, but is it quite, like coming up to grass court season, are there a lot of people saying, right, I'm going to sign up for this or not? Uh, there, are re- there are enough, that's for sure. Uh, and you've got to be good and you've got to be professional. You've got to turn up on time and you have to work hard. That's the thing is, you know, if you're hitting with Henin or whoever and they say, right, I'm in one corner and I'm going, I'm going to hit corner to corner. And I'm going to do it for half an hour. You've got to run corner to corner for half an hour and you've got to be solid. You've got to be solid. You've got to be consistent. All of the women hit with men and all of the men hit with men. So there's, unfortunately, if you're a girl, it's, uh, it's a pretty tough market to crack into. But yeah, it's a, it's a great way. I mean, look at Andrew Bettles with Switzerland. He's just been promoted to head coach with her. He started out as her hitting partner. And then she said, right, really like that. And her main coach was not with her all of the time. Uh, in, well, because she had a coach, Ian Hughes, originally, and he can't hit to a high enough level. He's a fantastic coach, lots of expertise, but he can't play to a high enough level to hit with her. So she had to have the hitter, which was Andrew Bettles. And then she had Thierry Asioni as the main coach, but he didn't travel all the time. So then Bettles was traveling. And then now she stopped with Asioni and Bettles has been with her for so long that he's uh, he's a British guy and he's uh, he's now her head coach. And Sasha Bain was the hitting partner of Serena Williams for many, many years. And you learn. Started gradually going up and up and he was alongside Naomi Osaka when she became US Open champion. That's his first main coaching job. So I imagine for young players it's a way, if, if you do connect with someone, if it does work, to travel to get the experience and if that's the path you want to take in terms of so your brother looks back and says it was a good thing yeah because he learnt so much uh, that's for sure in terms of the coaching situation he he could hear all of the conversations that was happening and it really was just uh, it was fantastic for him as a coach and I'm sure that he just yeah he absolutely loves what what he learned in that time and I remember in the lead up to Wimbledon because he'd been doing he'd been working with her at Eastbourne for the second year so he'd been spent quite a long time with her and then before the Wimbledon draw and I was a wild card in the Wimbledon draw and he said to me I saw him we went out for dinner or whatever one one evening and he said to me ah I've figured out the tactics against Justine Ennen if you draw her I know the tactics I've been playing sets against her I finally finally did well in a set against her because you just can't beat these people they're they're ridiculously good and I said okay great okay great what so what's the what's the tactic he was like ah okay right so there's a tiny box and he he drew a little box on his stomach just to the off off center to the right of his stomach probably i'm gonna say five centimeters by five centimeters what on earth he was doing at this point a little bit and so he drew this box and he said there's a little box here just to the right of her belly button he said if you hit that three times in a row you might hold (laughs) oh (laughs) that was 
Uh, and then he was like, your other tactic is to not draw her. Because this is when she was number one in the world at the time. So it was just a support, supportive so, brother. <laughs> but he was like, but that's what I figured out. And he said, and I played her in a set today. It's like the 11th set that we've played. And I managed to do that. And I held a few times and I lost at 6-3 rather than 6-1, which is what he, he normally did. And he was ranked, at the time, he was ranked, you know, a thousand or so, inside a thousand. And he just couldn't get games against her. But uh, he was always in awe of her in, in the practice. And also you learn how people practice and what they're doing it's it's amazing and it's amazing if you're a young tennis player starting out and you're on court with these huge names of the sport whether they're male or female you're getting a chance to be out there hitting with them and as you say you're getting paid for it as well it's not bad yeah and making great connections and if people people got to see you out on the court and if they like you and they like what you're about the number one thing if you're a hitter is bring the energy no one wants to start warming up for a match and have the energy sucked out of them because of the person they're hitting with. I mean, honestly, people will just kick you off straight away. But they at tournaments, no. I imagine people sometimes use other players who are in the tournament or were in the tournament, maybe in the doubles, not in the singles. Was there never a time when you hit with someone way, way higher up in the rankings at a tournament because you happened to be there or you knew them or it was an opportunity? <laughs> yeah. So we're at the grass, during the grass court season, as a, a Brit... I'm a wild card into all these sort of tournaments and I'm a... So firstly, I'm particularly useful and I used to get very good hits through the grass court because I'm a lefty. So if you draw... I'm a lefty-lefty and if you draw against the lefty, the first thing you do is try and hit find a lefty to it's hit find with. a lefty. And I used to go to the person who was in charge of the control desk say, and say, I'm, a lefty. I'm your lefty. And you would always have a big... And, and I used to kind of... <laughs> and I knew the people on the control desk at the British tournaments because they were referees through the year at the Challenger events and I knew them really well. And, uh, and so they would always say, OK, right, you know, somebody good wants a lefty to practice with. Uh, so I used to get really, really good hits. So who was, who was the... the the biggest player, the, the biggest name, the highest player that you faced as a as a practiced lefty. Oh, oh gosh, I can't really remember. Um, I mean, I hit with I hit with Kerber a, a fair amount, but she was kind of ranked a bit. She was a bit Some lower. Nods back of then, approval so. from Abby and I there. But yeah, no, no, plenty. I was never short of a hit. But then the trouble is, is when people aren't playing lefties, they really don't want to practice with you because. And it's all about the serve. They don't really care about anything else. So then you would say to then you would say to them, right. Uh, if you have your coach with you, which I did, I'd say, right, can I hit with you? And then my coach will hit serves to you. This is sort of reminding me wouldn't. of switching sports to rounders when you get a lefty up in the box and you just shout, lefty! But that's not a sport. Rounders is a great sport. Oh, hang sport. on a second. Rounders is a game. Rounders is amazing. Rounders, rounders is a sport. And it's as a left-hander it, in rounders, I know everyone said, they said, lefty in the whole field as you're shifts. looking at shuffle to the right. And then you're <laughs> thinking, can I sort of, I suppose, in tennis, pilots hit and inside out forehand to try and get it to the <laughs> yes. area which is now completely empty because everybody in the Roundersville is camped over to where they expect you to what do you mean Rounders is not a sport it's a game it's not it's a sport it's essentially softball which is a sport right okay right how many people are on a Rounders team seven that's nonsense it's as many as you've got <laughs> that's the answer also, you go seven how many people are here it's not seven no it's not you if know it, if it's seven you're going to lose you're, every if you're time doing a round you game, can't man you every say, position how many people are here let's split it in half that's how many people are on each side it's not sport it's a game it's a very lovely game that I really enjoy playing but it's a game can I say I can't I can't believe it's been left. I don't even know how long the podcast has been, but I can't believe it's been left this late and Naomi hasn't mentioned it yet. Oh. Happy birthday <gasps> to Naomi's dog. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Sven. Sven's segment. I can't believe in our segment, I'm having to do the birthday wishes to your dog. 
Hashtag Svegman. Yeah, well, he's one. Has How he was his birthday How this cute. morning? Well, Present opening, bow tie wearing. A new well, bow tie? Well, I just said hello. and then I'm I not another bow tie. I think one is. I said hello and then he went out. No, no, no. He's got two bow ties, actually. Oh. Yeah, it came in a pack of two. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a pack of two for Gigi, a pound. I've what never you seen your eyes widen more. <laughs> She's got such disappointment <laughs> on her face. We, I did a, I did a poll on Instagram. I, I'm, I'm like a child on Instagram. I'm learning, and I've learned how to do a poll on the Instagram stories. So I did. Do you like Sven and his bow tie? Yes or no? It came back yes. There were a couple of people that said no. I should say Who are I those wasn't people? one of them, and I was going to vote, and I, and I didn't. And but the comment you came back with was <laughs> the most outrageous comment. I said, the, I said, a couple of you have said no. And you said that you were going to vote no, but that I'm not a monster. And I was like, that's quite strong. No, that wasn't me. That was Abby you. said that. No, oh, oh that was Abby. What? Yes, yeah, it was. Abby Producer Abby. That. I don't remember that. Said I said who I would did vote. I voted. Did you vote? No, I voted. Yeah. I didn't vote. I abstained. I thought as I set up the poll, maybe I shouldn't be voting. Would right. you have voted yes or no? I think I would have gone yes because it did look. It's quite cute. It's quite Easy. cute. I don't think Check he it should out. wear it a lot. I think it should just be for special occasions. Don't be fooled by his <laughs> his sweet face. <laughs> I saw, I was on the underground coming to the O2 and there was one of your dogs. No, really? One <gasps> of your dogs looked like she was holding a fox. A Sheba. It's being held because he was a little bit nervous, but I thought there's... there's a lot. And we had a picture from one of our listeners tweeted in a picture of their Sheba in a bow tie. Yeah. Rocking the bow tie. They look good in bow ties. Do you have anything for the segment? Anything for the segment. So he was, his birthday present was a root. It was called an Antos root. It's basically the root of some sort of shrub. <laughs> shrub or tree. It's basically a chunk of wood filled with nutrients that he's going to chew on and it's going to clean his teeth. So... I thought I was going to sedate him or something. <laughs> that's it. That's that's as generous as I get, really. A root. Yeah, it's like how a, it's expensive a, is a root? I don't know. It's like a pound. Is that all you spent on Sven? Yeah. A pound? Are For you his expecting? Birthday? He's one. It's a big occasion. <laughs> He's a dog. <laughs> don't let him hear that, Sven. If you're listening, <laughs> she didn't say that. We should say because we something we get told off by our producer for not doing is asking for reviews. We're a little bit nervous for asking for reviews. But each time, producer Abby said, you didn't ask for reviews. Yeah. If, if you like it, if you like the podcast, a bit of tennis in your life, yeah, chuck us a review and say how much you love having tennis in your life every week. Sven doesn't have to be mentioned in the review. No. It's a happy bonus. He can be, if he is. If you don't like it, maybe don't leave a review and... Don't listen. <laughs> or leave a five-star review and just write what you would like more of. Ah, yeah, more sve- more segment. I had that. I was on. I was trying to make custard with my friend the other day, and um, <laughs> we had we went with. There's been trying. Okay, so we were trying to. So we, what's this got to do with? <laughs> So we went onto a website to find, the, and we found this custard. Um, Do you not know how to make custard? No. Uh, and there was a review. The, lo- the look of disdain <laughs> from both of you on Neville's face. <laughs> was oh <my. laughs> uh, the recipe had five stars. Everybody had given it five stars, and we so we made this custard. It was the sugariest thing I've ever had in my life. We then read the reviews afterwards. They wrote five stars, maybe half the sugar. That's not a five-star recipe in my mind. But you didn't read the reviews. Oh, well, no. So you, who are you blaming here? I'm blaming the idiots who think it's a five-star review, but also criticise it. You that didn't know how to make custard. The fact that you didn't read the reviews. I made it from scratch. I don't know how to do that off by heart. 
I think, um, yeah, reviews, reviews, any reviews would be welcome, particularly five-star, actually only five-star reviews, yeah. just, just only those. And, and great. on Twitter, if there's something you'd like more of, you are... Uh, I think I know what it is. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> no, we nearly finished. If I've come full circle. We nearly got there. <laughs> is the, this is amazing. Is it the fact? It is, isn't it? <laughs> if I said the word legendary, am I on the right? <laughs> absolutely on the right track. I thought I got away with it. You haven't. You haven't we mentioned were, it all day. You were seconds from getting away with it. Oh, I Do you know what we're talking about, producer Abby? I believe it's your favourite, Gigi. I was supposed to bring in legendary shortbread today. Well, okay, any shortbread. I managed I managed the legendary bit, but not the shortbread. Sorry, what was the legendary bit? Me. Is that why it's legendary shortbread? <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, look, do you know what? Paris, Milan, we're here. I got so much grief did, on what, social media what? and from people about about, from about social media and people. <laughs> <laughs> and and people who were in front of me. Um but about shortbread, IRL. and it was you know, and then there's no shortbread. So next week, we're not here next. No, week. we're not here next. No, for the pod next, the next pod, you'll have had the shortbread by the next pod. Will I? Yes, you will. Okay, it's. I had to get up early. It was Sven's birthday. You bought him a one-pound root. <laughs> How long did that take? It's a tree root, and he loves it. I want my shortbread. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>